My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleich, from Friday Daily Thunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. With me today is my good, great, awesome friend, Jay Smith. Jay, what's up? Man, you know, it's a rainy day in Oklahoma, but it will not rain on the parade that is my joy for this upcoming Oklahoma City Thunder basketball season. Oh, man. So, if you don't know... Jay has loved Carmelo Anthony basically his whole life. And <laughs> Seriously. He's wanted him I've on the Thunder advocating. for a long time. <laughs> I've been advocating for Melo to come to the Thunder since... You know what it was? So this is what happened. Do you remember when he was with the Nuggets? And it was really early in the Oklahoma season history. And they... Melo would just go nuts against the Thunder. And he'd yes. get game winners all the time, it felt like. and So, I, I mean, I... And I also was huge. Like, I watched a ton of that uh, Olympic season. I guess it was 08, was that? Which shows you it was nine years ago. But whatever yeah. season it was. Or 2012 where, as well. Yeah. M- Mello was just insane. And, and Plus, it's at that point last year when we were really having this conversation, it was like, yeah. And this is what people have to remember. Like, I have a lot of weird people in my life, people I love, that were, like, seriously questioning changing Ennis Cantor and Doug McDermott for Mello. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I had real people that thought the trade was like, oh man, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. That's, that is crazy. You're right. If because you could, yeah, go, go, just talk. You, you, so let me tell you my whole Mello experience real quick. So I'm driving a good friend of mine, my boss actually, and pastor, his brother passed away and made a funeral in Carnegie, Oklahoma. And I was driving down there and I have my phone, which I'm super, I try not to be a terrible driver. Like with yeah. my phone, like I really try not to. And I had Woj, obviously if you're, you know, at this season, especially once you hear that, like Oklahoma city is now part of his plans, potentially yeah. I have Woj on notification. And so all of a sudden I get this little thing and I'm like, what does it say? And it looks down and it says, OKC and Mello are engaged in talks or advanced discussions. About, and I'm like, oh, no. And I'm on the turnpike <laughs> at this point, about to get on to I-40. And I've got two two people I work with are in the car with me. And I'm like, OK, don't look down. Don't act like You're this like, is the center of your universe. Like, Take the wheel. <laughs> so I'm literally driving on I-40 and, and it comes through and it's like Oklahoma City and the New York of you know, agreed on a trade for Carmelo Anthony, and I, I, I pull over. <laughs> I pull over and make. <laughs> my friend was in the back seat, and I made her drive the rest of the yes. Carnegie so I could be on my cell phone. <laughs> I was just like, and so, because like, I, there's, I couldn't think of anything to do with driving. Like, I, oh, that is it would either stop driving or kill us all, and so I chose to stop driving. And man, I, dude, it's. It's the most no-brainer trade I could imagine. Like, it's highway robbery, and the only people that are frustrated about it are frustrated because they love Canner so much, like, off the court. And I love Canner. I love Canner. But you could have added another player 
and I probably still would have thought like I don't know who I like I don't I think Abrinas would have been the only way I'd have said no I'm cool uh, right but mellow for Cantor and McDermott is like the most the easiest upgrade yes you could possibly make yes it's a it's a no brainer it's a no brainer trade because and I've, this is my my main point with this is now you can play all five of your best players together in one lineup. And you can play modern basketball, you can play big, you can play small, you can take Robertson out of the lineup and put Patrick Patterson in it and play super big, or you can play what their starting lineup is and it'd be more of a traditional lineup. You can even go even smaller than that. I mean, it just allows so much lineup versatility that it's just, there was just no way that you couldn't say yes to it. Ennis Kanter, like you yeah. said, he's great. Like He's a very good player, but at the end of the day, you can't put he and Adams on the floor a whole lot together against every team. And I know that he's changing his body and he's going to shoot threes. Uh, but we're talking about Carmelo Anthony, which is a once-in-a-generation score. And he's not, obviously not peak mellow, but we have the opportunity to be maybe the best role version of Carmelo Anthony in his whole career here in OKC. Yeah, and so, and that's one of the things. So, I, I have just a few things to address, and I've gone to Twitter quite a bit for it just because I didn't have an avenue. And I, was, I told Andrew, I was like, dude, I'm going to just like record a quick time podcast on my own and just like scream into a microphone, you know, for like 45 minutes, put it on SoundCloud or something. But yeah, the thing is, so here's a few things that just are kind of, I, I want to talk about the basketball side of it a little bit. But what I do want to address is like, there's already this common narrative and, and I heard it again this morning Rosillo was on Mike and Mike this morning and Rosillo is one of my favorite basketball guys and yeah. and it's a real question and I get the fact that, that Mike and Mike asked the question you know what does the Thunder look like next year like how does this they're going to be a hundred million dollars over the cap or whatever like their tax bills 300 million plus their with their salary and tax bill be like 300 million dollars and we know Oklahoma City's not going to pay that and whatever and, and I'm already like this. so this is what I've thought about this morning if you get into Disney World, if you can think of like the best location, like vacation spot you've ever been to, like you are at your favorite place in the world, you never just think about home when you're in the vacation spot, right? Yeah. So, so all of this narrative of like, well, what happens next year? It's like just enjoy the ride. <laughs> like, don't nobody lands in Orlando and gets into the magical kingdom and then turns around and be like. God, but what's going to happen next Monday when I have to go back to work? Like, like, no, just enjoy Disney World. Just be there for a second. Just for a second, enjoy the fact that 2017-18 NBA season in Oklahoma City is going to be one of the most enjoyable rides in the history of this team. Yeah. In the history of this team. Yeah. I'm I'm not on Dumbo thinking about mowing my yard when I get back. No, yeah, like... Oh man, it's really cool that I'm hanging out. I know it's different, but I'm in Harry Potter world and I can see all these awesome things. But man, when I go home, I'm going to have to make my bed every morning when I get up. Like, who gives a crap? Just enjoy what you're doing. This is, it's, you're right. It's going to be incredible. And the fact that Presti didn't give up Alex Sabrinas is 
huge for this roster. And the, even Terrence Ferguson. Like, I'm not a big Terrence Ferguson supporter. Uh, if you'll go back and listen to our live draft pod, you will uh, hear that uh, vocally. from groan. Not from me, but people <laughs> booed after they drafted him. But the fact is that they're going to be able to develop him at the end of the bench. And he gets to learn, even if it's only for a season, if you get to learn from guys like Paul George and Carmelo, who are just crazy efficient, great scorers. Uh, and that's what he is supposed to be as a scorer, a shooter, a defender. Like Paul George is like the exact guy that you want Terrence Ferguson to learn from. Uh, that's, a, that's a big deal. I'd like to thank Anchor Down for sponsoring today's show. We are having a big season preview party at Anchor Down. There's not a better time to come check it out. You can get yourself a great corn dog, a good beer, a good cocktail, a great chicken cob salad at Anchor Down. It's on October 5th. It's going to be at 7 o'clock. We'll be there probably at 5.30 or 6. So if you want to come hang out and eat uh, with us beforehand, feel free to do that. Uh, we'll be on the patio. It's going to be beautiful. I just have a feeling it's going to be beautiful that night. And uh, the inside is also great. But we'll do the, the show outside. We'll have special guests. And, of course, we'll just have the great, fresh, delicious food at Anchor Down, along with great drinks from guys like Anthem Brewing Company. So please go check out Anchor Down today. Yeah. Also, some news. Dwayne Wade... It's apparently going to sign with the Cavs, and I don't think I I couldn't have put it better than what Alex Spears did on Twitter is that the Thunder dodged a bullet. Because I I think that he was considering the Thunder and the pull of a guy like Carmelo and to a lesser degree Paul George, I think is big. And I was afraid that it was going to happen. And I hate the fit. if he came in and he was like, yeah, I'll be the backup point guard. I'll play 15 minutes a game. And I, I don't care if I close games. Awesome. But you know what? That Dwayne Wade may never exist in the NBA. And he certainly doesn't right. exist right now. Yeah. And I think, I think he's going to, he's going to have a, a pretty prominent role in Cleveland. It makes sense. Like it, that's yeah. where he should go. It's perfect for him. And I get that, like, Dwayne Wade Wade immediately improves our bench. Like, I understand that. Like, yes, having a, you know, Hall of Fame player on your bench. I just don't think Dwayne Wade has been what he has been in a long time. Like, yeah, he was pretty good in spots for Chicago last year, but he also didn't play a whole lot and, and, you know, was injured for most of the season. I just don't love the fit, and I get it. People are going to rail against us for thinking that. Hey, here's, here's my thing. I don't think he improves the bench. If you're limiting, if you lose Alex Abrinas minutes, right? I don't think that's super beneficial. No, you you can't take shooting off the floor with this Thunder team. And the thing with Wade is that he always uses a lot of possessions. And that's how he scored 18 points a game last season. He's shot the ball over 16 times per game. Like, he's not efficient. He hasn't been a good defender in several years. He's not a three-point shooter. Like, he shoots 30% on catch-and-shoots and and pull-ups. That's from NBA.com. He just doesn't... I just don't know what he does the Thunder, like, really need besides adding more star power. Um, But you think that he's going to come here and, like, defer to Andre Robertson and let Andre Robertson start? Like, you're you're kidding yourself if you think that's going to happen. You you saw a little glimpse of that with Melo yesterday when Eric Horn asked him, 
Yeah. You know, what do you think about the fourth, the playing the four, and then he goes, or maybe even not starting. And I mean, Melo laughed it off. Like, these guys have egos. That's how they are who they are. They're yeah. superstars of the best players in the world. Yep. And it'd be hard for them to come to a place and then be relegated to a bench unit, especially when you watch Andre Robertson play offense, and you're like, what? Uh, what? Yeah. But I, I think Robertson, number one, is I think what's happened is people are already underrating this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get that it's going to take – it'll take some bumps along the way to get there. I think they can still win games being disjointed and unorganized to start uh, because they're that talented. They're that yeah. talented. Mm-hmm. But the other thing you have is there, when there's when you see these stars advocating to play with one another, what you see in the midst of that is that there's obviously an initial willingness to do whatever it takes to be together to win games. Right? Yeah. And so people are like, well, that's – three of the top usage rates in the NBA. It's like, yeah, all three of them are situations that aren't going to be the same anymore. Exactly. You know, like it's yeah. wildly unfair to make that assumption based on this past season. And so I think this team's going to be incredible. Uh, I don't think it's a question in my mind that they're the second best roster in the NBA. I think they're the second best left. And, and here's some of my thoughts on why. Uh, Defensively, I know Mello isn't great or good even, uh, but you're going to expect a lot less perimeter work from him. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, any lateral quickness that he may have lost over the course of his career is is going to be uh, less evident. And then you also you have Stephen Adams is going to be playing more minutes, and with the scoring from really all four other positions, you can leave Robertson on the floor for longer stretches of time. Yep. Uh, because there's just going to be space for him to play almost the power forward offensively. Mm-hmm. You'll really probably have Mello in the corners, which think about that. <laughs> like Carmelo Anthony, who is a 40% spot-up three-point shooter from the corner. 43, Jay. 43. Instead of Domas. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it's like, so think about how much. And so all of a sudden, not only is the alley-oop game back for Stephen Adams. Oh, it's back. But the slash the slash game for Robertson should be pretty evident there, too. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I think Mello, if he if he really buys in, like, it feels like he's leaning towards, you know, like he's doing. But I think he can be a really effective four in the league. Like, that's what he's supposed to be right now. Yeah. Uh, he's big body to, like, he can be up. Now, they're not going to have him. He's not going to be guarding DeMarcus Cousins. Like, that's what Steven Adams is for. He's not even right. going to guard like LaMarcus Aldridge. But you can hide a, a smaller-sized four in today's NBA pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that the league is is trending. And Melo can defend a lot of fours out there. There's going to be games where, of course, like the Pelicans or teams like that, where you're like, I don't really know what, what we're supposed to do against them. But the matchup on the other side is just the same. Like, it's just as difficult for them. And the, they're just not going to be able to score. So I'm not really worried about them. I'm not really worried about Utah because I think Utah's going to play big too. Uh, but for the most part, like this team is built to compete with the heavy hitters, with the Houstons, with the San Antonios, with the Golden States, with the Cavs, uh, with Boston. Like they're in that class. Uh, and I think obviously Golden State's in a class above all those guys. Uh, but I think that the Thunder are right there. And depending on how chemistry is, and I think that that's going to be the difference maker uh, with this Thunder team is how, how do they come together? Is do, Are we going to see primarily Olympic Mellow where he's taking spot-up shots, 
rebounding, picking his spots. Uh, you know, what what are they going to do with Paul George? What does his role look like? How are they staggering the lineups? I really yeah, love that's the, gonna be the that's the most interesting thing to me right there. Yeah. I love the idea of staggering Mello by himself with role players and shooters around him on the second unit and letting him feast uh, because I think he's an underrated passer and I think if you put him out there with guys like Grant and Abrinas and Felton and guys like that Patrick they, Patterson, yeah, yeah. and two Pat I think that he's going to feast now the defense and the rebounding is going to be pretty brutal on that second unit but at least you have a guy that can carry an offense and that will probably help his ego a little bit too and I think that you just unleash the Russell Westbrook Paul George monster every time that those that Russ is in the game I think you put Paul George in with him and let those guys just destroy people because I don't think there's an answer for them yeah. and, and then at I, times you want to put Mello and Russ in together as well but I, I just I think the Mello Paul George combo is ridiculous and I still think that Mello is a good enough ISO score um, to, to be worthwhile of putting him on the second unit yeah, and I think you're you hit on a, a lot of really good points, and I think it's important to remember like they will always have a Hall of Fame basketball player, and not too far. Melo is I know he's out of his prime, but he's not that far removed from his prime. Yeah, like you will always have either Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, or Russell Westbrook on the floor, mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. and more than likely a combo of two of them all the time. Right, uh, and people want to trash the bench for Oklahoma City. I think that having one of those guys moving into that second rotation, I think, increases the bench role. But I think the bench isn't as bad as a lot of people assume. Like, I think Abrinas is going to make a jump. We've talked about that all season or all off season. Uh, I think Grant is serviceable as a rim protector if he can get a little bit better at that and spacing the floor. Uh, and obviously, Patrick Patterson and Raymond Felton are still here, and they're both have been historically really good bench players. Yep. And uh, I, I just, and then you have Isaiah Cannon. I'm just kidding. I don't think he'll actually play, but hopefully he's <laughs> a third point guard. But I just think that there's a lot more potential for this team than some people wanted to buy into. And I'm not ready. Like I said it in the quiet of our text messages, and I, I think this team can give the Warriors more fits than people are ready to think of. Just because sure. they match up so well uh, defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the difference between the Warriors and every other team is. The Warriors don't just have a collection of stars. They have a collection of stars that work seamlessly together. Right. Uh, where each one of them passes and each one of them moves the ball and each one of them's working to set back screens and, and double screen. You know, like it, they're just moving all the time. It just works for them. And, and the center aren't going to be there. It's going to be a little more difficult to see this thing move. Russell's going to have to learn how to play a little differently. And I think he's ready for that. I think one of the things that we talked about at the end of last season is with as abysmal as they were, Russell Westbrook probably learned the lesson that he can't do it on his own. Uh, and yep. so that's important. And he's excited for these guys. And, and I know there's a lot of stuff for media day to really overly analyze, but uh, I don't know, man, I'm excited. I like excited is an understatement. I'm like beyond Jack for the team. I was like, I need to find out how to get some tickets. <laughs> oh man, it's going to be crazy. And how, yeah. I mean, the Knicks being the first game of the season, like how incredible is that? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> having Mello against his old team, game one, getting to welcome Ennis Kanter into the Chesapeake Arena um, on the opposing team. Like, that's going to be huge. Everyone is going to be screaming so much the, during the intros for Kanter, for the first time that Russ is announced, for the first time that Paul George is announced, for the first time that Mello is announced. It's going to be just so wild. Uh, it, it's going to be insane. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, 
we're going to be in the middle of like the maybe the greatest moment in the franchise history since since they went to the finals, maybe. And all you're thinking about is going back home and mowing your yard. Yeah, like, well, so stop. Just stop it. Just, stop doing it. Just don't think about the luxury tax until next summer. Just don't yeah, do it. You're not paying it. Right. You're not paying it. I don't, know why, yeah, I don't know why people worry about that either because yeah. who knows like maybe clay bennett and his group are like you know what this is special this isn't going to last long anyways if we can bring let's everybody back this, let's yeah. just do it because like what's the alternative what's the alternative for that for their group you know yeah i mean yes because at that point you lose money on i mean they're not going to have an empty seat in the stadium this year no one no uh, and what does it do for? Really go out of the roof. I mean, they're going to raise a lot of, make a lot of money this year too. So. They, they, yes. I mean, things are rebounding for for these guys here in OKC as well. So I, and they've saved a lot of money through the years. They've made a lot of money through the years. Oh yeah. I so, mean, they're always they have they they've made. I mean, all this stuff just came out this week. Is they've been in the positive as far as revenue. Like they've had a revenue share every year for the last decade. Right. You know. And Which is insane. It's like the 48th, <laughs> it's like a tiny, tiny market, and they are always in the positive because of how well this franchise has been put together. And they recognize yep. that. And that's why, I mean, we think that, that Presti was told, go get them. Go yep. figure out ways to improve this roster. Do whatever you can. We'll pay the tax. Let's go. Right. Uh, mainly because they're also super pissed off at Kevin Durant. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. And, yeah, you're right that, you know, these moves were made by Sam Presti. But don't fool yourself into thinking that the ownership wasn't behind him 100% of the way, pushing, saying, go get more. We know this isn't enough. Like, we know Paul George yeah. isn't enough. Uh, and I can even hear them saying, you know, Melo's great, but that's still not enough, Sam. And if there's a way to right. improve this roster, we want you to do it again. And... I don't really even know what that means or what that would look like. I don't. I people have brought up that would be buyout, right? Yeah, buy, uh, buyout guys would be are, are the are the way that this team is going to improve. Some people are like, let's trade Boogie or uh, Stephen Adams for Boogie, and I'm just like, okay, now like we're in NBA 2K mode. Like that's <laughs> like maybe right. that works in NBA 2K, but. Uh, Adams and Robertson and Abrinas and Patterson and Felton, like those are perfect guys to like glue these three stars together. And you you need those guys. You need them because you don't win titles without guys like that. You just don't. I'm that starting lineup. And I know, like I said, I understand Melo is not a great defender. I get that. But I think this team, they're going to be able to switch for days, man. Yeah. Like every single player on that court will be able to switch. Now, they can get beat, of course, but they, I mean, every, all five of those guys can be really good. And to have two elite defenders and Paul George and Andre Robertson on the floor with yep. those guys too, like that covers up a lot of holes. It's going to be really hard to score on this team. Well, and don't underestimate the motivation that a guy like Carmelo feels to win this season. For sure, because that, that kind of pressure sure. that he's going to put on himself is is going to be unlike what he's experienced in New York the past few years. I mean, it's going to be very different. And I, yeah. I as I, the more I think about this team, the more I think that they are a lot like the 2008 Boston Celtics that came together, three guys that had continually missed the mark in the playoffs or or whatever, and bring these three together via trade. Uh, you still have pieces like Stephen Adams, like akin to like a Kendrick Perkins, and then you have like. Sure. I mean, I just feel like the pieces are a lot Andre like Robinson, that. Posey, yeah. 
Tony Allen. I mean, they're, yeah. yeah. And I just feel like there's a lot of comps there for them. Now, there wasn't a Golden State Warriors to, to play when the Boston oh, sure. Celtics formed their team. Uh, so, like, that's the main difference in, in that. But I just feel like the team could come together quickly like that Boston Celtics team did. And they were really good, really fast. And it wasn't just those three. It was the role players they already had there. It was the Rajon Rondo that could bring those guys together. It was the Kendrick Perkins. It was the James Posey, Leon Poe. Those kind of guys that could bring that team together. And I feel like the Thunder have those guys. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they really do. And I think that I think Billy Donovan's excited about this squad. I think he's still yep. an underrated coach. Uh, you know, I think Kevin Durant, you know, obviously has his opinions on it. Uh, God, that was so weird. I'm so glad I missed all of that because that would just. <laughs> Luke was so good last Friday, like perfect Luke. Cause I'm he was like, good. It would have been too many cuss words for me to hand. I've never disliked somebody so quickly in my life. I but, know. Uh, but yeah, I think that I, I, you just, you've got to be excited about this team and they may make another move, another peripheral move. There may be some buyout candidates that will want to go play like a big that will want to come back up Steven Adams or, or, you know, play some good minutes, you know, whatever that looks like. I don't know, but I think that potential for this roster is outstanding and it's going to be a blast this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be insane. So uh, you want to do, you have time for any Twitter questions? Yeah, let's do a few. This is from Thumbder. I think he's trying to say Thunder Colts, but there's V's in there. Um, uh, is this team better than the finals team? Uh, so, uh, man, that's there's a lot of people asking that question, and I'll say yes for one reason. is I think people, that team was really good, but they were so stinking young. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were so young. I think the better question would be, is this team better than the team that took the Warriors to 3-1? Right. Because I think that team, I think the team that took the Warriors to 3-1 would have, is better than the 08. Was it not 08? Uh, 2012. 2012. 2012 team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know. I think the jury's out. I mean, you lost Serge Ibaka and Deion Waiters. Like, we know Deion was incredible in, in that Warriors series. But I can't... I mean, Durant's better than, than both the guys we've added. Uh, but Russ is better. Dre is probably better. I like the peripheral I pieces. I like, I mean, if you add like a Patrick Patterson and a Ray Felton yep. and an Alex Abrinas to that 2012 team or even the 2015 team or 16 team, yep. I mean, I mean, that's... For sure, which is, which is the most underrated part of this roster is those peripheral pieces. Like, yeah. Patrick Patterson's a great player, and the difference between him on the floor and off the floor in Toronto was stark. Yeah, I mean, it was. They were so much better with him on the floor. Uh, it, it was enormous. And I know people didn't like him because he's kind of streaky shooting. And But then also Ray Felton is a really serviceable backup point guard. And we're mm-hmm. playing with Derek Fisher, you know, who was a mortal enemy of most you know, critical Thunder fans. Uh, and then, you know, last year, I don't even remember, who was it? Who was the backup point guard? Last last season? Or the season before? Two years ago, two years ago. Uh, well, campaign was still there before he got yeah, hurt. Yeah. And then they and had Randy Foy. Oh, yeah. Golly. Hmm. Oh, yes. This roster's better already. I'm already in. Yeah, Randy Foy is not, not good for the Thunder. Um, not Kevin Durant's the difference, but... Yeah. Okay, what's next? Uh, from Little Bit 77. 
in a potential playoff series with OKC and Golden State, what matchup advantages might both sides have, player by player? Where so basically, like, where are the advantages for the Thunder? Because you can already like everybody knows where the advantages are for the Warriors. Where are they for the Thunder? Uh, I still think the Thunder. Gosh, I don't know. I think the Thunder can rebound. Probably, I don't know. Durant was so freaking good as that small as that power forward for them, you know, last year. Um, Or I mean, really, because Draymond to move over to center basically in large chunks. I mean, I think obviously you look at bench, and I know people were high on Omri Caspi and uh, Nick Young, just because when you get into that culture and all that. Um, I think you still got athleticism on the perimeter with Russ. And then they just can't hide anybody anymore as part of that, too. Right. Um, I mean, they'll put probably Draymond on on Mello. Uh, well, you could put you him on Robertson and let him roam. And help. Yeah. So you probably do that a little bit, but you still can't do that as much whenever. Because the Thunder have never had, even on those good teams, I guess when you had Harden, you could score, but Russell's not as good of a three-point shooter. But you've never wow. had this so many guys that could punish you for sagging off the way they can now. Yeah. You know, cause even Russ, he's not a great three point shooter, although he improved quite a bit last year. One of the things he did, uh, that was really helpful is, is if, if you, if you sag off for Russell Westbrook, he gets the ball as the, the ball moves around, you're going to close out quickly. And if you close out and you've given up any sort of body position, he's gone, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so I think that the thunder can give them some problems defensively. Now, the Warriors are great team defense. Like they just help well and they're, they're all over the place, but I'm not sure there's a lot of teams, even some of those, even the Cavs teams that they had some struggles with, they still had guys they could hide on like Yvonne Shumpert. They didn't guard dramatically. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, they kind of bullied around. There's nobody on this team that's going to get bullied. Um, you know, Tristan Thompson obviously is kind of more the Adams role, but, uh, as far as matchups, what do you think? Do you see anybody specifically that, like the Steph Curry Russ is a wash to me? Um, yeah, Clay obviously is better than Dre, but Dre gives Clay problems. Like when he can stay on the floor, he's a different player. It's, I mean, the the advantages to the Warriors, like in almost every in almost every scenario, just because of the way they fit. It's gonna be hard to it's it's hard to tell before we see what this team looks like on the floor. Like if we're getting right. if we get Olympic mellow, then I think that things change a little bit. I'm still dubious as to whether that could actually happen. Um, but if we get that guy, then I think that this team, just their ability to run a pick and roll, just like you're very straightforward. Adam sets a pick. You have a, another wing creator in Paul George. You have Mello in the corner. You have uh, Robertson slashing. Like I just think you can't stop that. I just think at some point they're not going to be able to stop that and. Also, who defends who for the Warriors against the Thunder? I think that this this will be the biggest challenge this Warriors team has faced by far. I just don't think that they've played another team that's that will be able to throw the kind of firepower and defensive versatility because the Cavs weren't that last year, um, and like the Spurs definitely weren't that last year. They weren't as dynamic as this Thunder team is going to be. Uh, the Rockets were really dynamically, they were great on offense, but they just, they couldn't defend well enough. They didn't have the personnel. But I think that the the, the Rockets as well, the Rockets and the Thunder are going to pose the biggest threat to this Warriors team that they've seen so far. 
And honestly, it's going to take an injury from the Warriors oh, yeah. for, for this to be like a toss-up kind of series. Um, I still think yeah. like if the Thunder matched up against them in the West Finals or in the second round, I still think that they would lose in five or six. Um, yeah. Which is hard. Like that makes it feel so hopeless. But you know, one of the things we're still said this morning on Mike and Mike that I did appreciate is like, so at least these guys are trying. What do you yeah. want the whole rest of the league just to tank? The, like, this you, era could be way that. more depressing than it is right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially for Thunder fans. Yeah. I mean, internal development would have been fun, but you're not talking like, okay, Western Conference Finals, maybe they can win a game or two off of uh, the Warriors. You know? Jay, it wouldn't have been fun. It would not no, have been, been fun. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, we, and we're so good at spinning it. Like, oh, summer, these guys are going to get better. You never know. What be, I know. Domas could be Chris Bosch. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like really yeah. we're all just like, oh, my God, I don't want to do another season like this. <laughs> it was, ex- I mean, it's, I don't think Russ could have done it again. Um, but n- now they're in this just amazing position. And I just don't. I don't know. I, I, you roll the ball out there. You see what happens. You never, ever, ever know. Like there could be chemistry problems with the Warriors, or it could be an injury, and then you're ready to take advantage of that situation. Maybe they yep. stay healthy. That's- Maybe everything's perfect, and you know you have a what do they have? Like a five percent shot at beating the Warriors in a playoff series. Yeah, and, puncher's chance, man. And if you, if I mean, you just take take that chance. And also, here's the deal: Russell yep. Westbrook is heading into his final year of his contract. We're still waiting on to see if he can or if he will sign the extension. I still think there's there is a ton of optimism yesterday. Uh, really, there was kind of a buzz of optimism around that yesterday at Media Day uh, with Russell Westbrook. So I wouldn't be surprised if he signed it between now and then. But if he doesn't, uh, this is the last year of his contract. Uh, he's heading into, I mean, he's in his prime. Now's the time. Like don't. There's no reason to sit around and wait for the guys to develop to when he's like 32, and then like, what does 32 year old Russ look like? I don't know. I he could still be like 32 year old LeBron is, but he may not be. And if you have an elite point guard, really a Hall of Fame point guard, then you have to try everything you can to put a good team around him, no matter who the competition is. Like no matter that the Warriors exist, it doesn't matter. You have to try to put a good team around him, and that's what Sam has done. Yep, it's absolutely what you're supposed to do. And I'm so thankful for Sam Presti. He should win Executive of the Year. If they give it to Danny Ainge, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> He'll win it, right? Like he Surely. just ha- like he Surely. just has to, because here's why he yeah. wins it for me is that he pulled out this this super team out of nothing, like yeah. the Boston thing. Everybody saw it coming because he had he got all these assets and threw them all together. And typically, I think that GMs should be given credit for what they've done in the past, all the way up until now, and what it's created for them. But typically, it's not that. Typically, is like, what did you do during the summer? And what did you do here um, right in front of us? And that's typically who wins it. And I, I would be shocked if Presti doesn't win it. Uh, he, yeah, which would be a little vindicating. Did he, did he ever yeah. win it earlier? No. I don't think he has. Yeah, and that Harden trade, everybody is just yeah. kind of, not everybody, but media, a lot of media has really tainted his legacy with that, which is unfair, but it is what yeah. it is. 
It's unfair and also it's fair. It's unfair and fair. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of both. <laughs> I got it. But he's done really good work the rest of his career. And, and But this is by far his best summer. Yeah. Uh, and it's also Oklahoma City's best summer. I think it's something, and maybe we can end with this if you need to go, but I think one of the things important to recognize is that Carmelo chose Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Not the city. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, he didn't say, oh, my gosh, I want to go play in Oklahoma City. But, wow. but you got a collection of stars here, and people wanted to come and join this team, and it was always a concern that no matter what would happen, that that, that was never going to be the case. And here's the thing that's funny. So Kevin Durant was asked about the addition of Melo, and he, you know, I'm worried about the Warriors right now. Mm-hmm. But some of that is because he's an idiot and was so embarrassed in himself for the last week or so. But I think the other thing you see is that Kevin Durant, this never happened when he was here. Yeah. The yeah. closest they got was Pau Gasol, and he went to Chicago to a crap team where he was just disappeared. Uh, and for me, it's just that thing that, like, I don't know. I'm not saying those are directly connected. I don't think people didn't want to come play with Durant, but I can tell, like, if I was him, I'd be like, well, that'd have been nice to have this crap happening when I was still playing there. Yeah. You know? Well, like, oh, it'd have been nice if Melo joined me five years ago, three years ago. I tweeted that the other night, and this tweet won't die for some reason, but I said it's strange that the KD Russ teams couldn't get anyone to commit to the Thunder. And now yeah. the Thunder have Carmelo and, like, was a finalist to get Dwayne Wade. Uh, and it's just funny that people were like, well, Russell Westbrook is the problem. I mean, that was the storyline right. like all season, all summer before the Paul George stuff. Is like, you know, who's going to want to go play with that guy? Look at that usage rate. Oh, my goodness. How is he ever going to? And like, look at the team now. Like, you got Patrick yep. Patterson on this little deal. You have Ray Felton on a minimum deal. Um, you're able to acquire Carmelo Anthony because he says he wants to come here. You have Paul George that is just gushing about the Thunder right now to the media, maybe to the point where it's going to come back and bite him <laughs> if he ends up leaving right. because he's right. being so, like overly nice about like this team and the Thunder. But there's a lot of excitement, and the Thunder have never, ever, ever had anything to this level of an offseason. Never, ever. Uh, no. You know, like we were jacked when they got Derek Fisher. Uh, like those are the kind of things that, like free agent wise, that you get excited about. Uh, I mean, I was ex- I was excited because we got Raymond Felton and Patrick Patterson. Oh, I was too, man. I mean, that's you know, like e- even without Paul George, I'd be like, hey, that's great. That's a good summer. That's a good Thunder summer. Yeah, it really would have been. But then on top of that, being like, okay, and then you also got one of the top fifteen players in the league, and Paul George, and you had a yeah. guy who's just incredible pedigree of scoring and and being just a, you know, like. He has one championship. He was huge in the gold medal. I think he's the leading scorer in the history of American FIBA, I think. But uh, but then you also, I mean, he that Syracuse run, I'll never forget, man. I watched yeah. every single game of that tournament because OU was pretty good, and I really liked that Kansas team with Nick Collison. And I watched Syracuse beat, I think they beat three big 12 teams going to the finals, and I watched all three of them. Mello was special, man. And I know he's not he's 19 great. anymore. He's not, he's not 27 anymore, but the dude knows how to win. No, and I know people incredible. just trash him because they trash him because the Knicks was that Knicks run was just so tumultuous. But dude, that's as much Phil Jackson and freaking whatever the stupid owner's name is. I can't remember his name, which is fine. I hope he enjoys that. James uh, Dolan. But, yeah. You know, yeah, James Dolan. Like it's as much their fault as it is Mello's. And, yeah. And, uh, I just think it's unfair. I'm excited, dude. This season is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Jay, thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk to you on Friday. Come to our live podcast. October 5th at Anchor Down, 7 o'clock.
It's going to be so fun. Uh, Royce Young and Fred Katz are going to be there. We're going to do a ton of like over-under numbers. We're going to talk about how great this team is going to be. It's going to be very fun. Come join us. Grab a salad. Grab a beer. It's going to be fun. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Friday. Thank <laughs> you.